Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football. With your host, John Bauer. I'm looking to sell everybody price-dependent. Dan LaMagna. Too much dysfunction in Cleveland. And Mitch Sorensen. Well, it's hard to compete with excellence. Dynasty Theory, it's Tuesday night. Was it last week we were on Wednesday? Maybe, probably. More than likely. I go into work today, and this happens, it just, that kind of reminds me, it happens every single week. Hey, John, like, how was your weekend? What'd you do? I'm like, I can't remember. I Everything just blends together at this point. But what I do remember is we're joined by Cowboys faithful Dan LaMagna. Big week for you, buddy. What's up, Dan? Uh, man, I want to open tonight talking about two teams in these opening thoughts. The first, how about them Cowboys? Surprise, right? Beating the go, winning a road playoff game on grass or whoever made up that wacky storyline. Um, but, you know, extended my season another week, and now it's Niners Revenge Game Sunday. So, so stoked there. You know, I appreciate my listeners just humoring me and my Cowboy fandom and, and you gentlemen, of course. But the second team I want to talk about is the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mitch. Why do I want to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers? Because our co-host here, the man himself, did not share with his football family that Nicole Bauer is now the growth marketing manager for the Pittsburgh Steelers. John, holy cow, man. And for the record, to clarify, most people, that's my sister, not yeah. my wife. <laughs> that the confusion had, there's been some confusion on random uh, tweets. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember the one time we were on a thread together and somebody was like, oh, your wife. And my sister texted me, was like, this is so scarring right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's a uh, marketing uh well, a growth manager or something or other. Uh, she's really excited. Um, That's cool. That's so. Nice. Hopefully, shortly, you know, you'll have a new voice to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't know. I don't know. Is that you know, work it, man? Work it. Like, I, I am hashtag jealous here. Like, I don't know. One again. I think Mitch and I we should be mad at you because mm-hmm. I don't. Mitch, I don't know. Maybe well, you had a side conversation, no, but no I, idea. I, I don't remember getting this news other than nope. stumbling across it on LinkedIn tonight, and then I bust John and he shares the the Twitter post as well, but. Like, like I would be the chief bottle washer if the Cowboys would let me and my wife would move to Texas. It doesn't matter. Never mind the growth marketing manager. That sounds so cool. Yeah, That's she's awesome. excited. She's so, excited. So I'll, congrats, man. I'll let her congrats know about the, the shout out because she might have missed this week's episode of Dynasty Theory. I know she usually tunes in. What's up, Mitch? More importantly, four days I'm in Cancun. I mean, that's the important oh, 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 thing oh, oh. right now. I, I don't I didn't ever realized how long a week could be until you're like a week out from a vacation you've been waiting for for a year. This week has taken forever. Are the kids going with you? Nope. Kids are staying home. First time in seven years we're doing something without the kids. Sweet. Chef's kiss. And you told your wife that you're going to do the pivot point Saturday and Saturday. Oh, I tried. She told me she's taking my phone. So it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> I don't blame you. That's going to be a blast. Hopefully you enjoy. And uh, I'm sure you will. Dan and I will hold down the fort. And then I'm actually going to have this Saturday on the pivot point, one of our patrons, Ooh. Ooh. Ronnie Cavalier, nice. Ron's reactions is going to be joining me uh, on the pivot point. So that's going to be exciting. That's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be talking about his tears and I'm going to challenge him Good. on uh, nothing specific. I haven't, I haven't really dove in yet, but I'm going to, I'm going to have some uh, brain busters there for him. Anyway, enough of the chit chat, enough of the small talk. Startup season is officially upon us for many more in the dynasty community than when we first kicked off conversations in November. Again, absolute psychopaths in the dynasty theory Patreon, but we have some information. We have some data now, uh, different startups. 
<laughs> that comments for our boy Ron uh, for the pivot point. Now load them up, load them up, John. Load them up. That'll be fun. Anyway, so we have some data now, starting with the startups that took place in November, end of November. And I, I collected six or seven startups based on what people in the Discord provided. And I'll, some of them, you look at it and it's like, okay, this is a dynasty theory Patreon startup. There's 47 quarterbacks in the first 46 picks. <laughs> you know, the situations, obviously, uh, that would be wild. But situations where it kind of blends in with overall thoughts and opinions and values that we should be discussed regularly. But then a lot of the startups that were shared had random people in there and you could kind of see the, the varying viewpoints and how they strayed from the, the overall and overarching strategies that we discuss on a weekly basis. So we'll be going through those. Uh, some specific players, but overall, and Mitch, you mentioned this, and I think it's mm -hmm. a fantastic idea, keeping this as evergreen as possible. It's a startup episode. You can listen to it today. You can listen to it in April. And hopefully a lot of the overarching strategies and discussions carry over to August and early September. Yeah, oh, sorry, you're going to meet. Sorry, I was halfway listening to my kids screaming upstairs, like pounding on the floor. I'm like, well, hopefully one of them's alive. Only one. I don't need both by the end of the show. <laughs> but no, it's a big thing for me. I think when we go into dynasty strategy, I will go back. We had a podcast way back in the fantasy confidential days. We had someone come on who like thinks of themselves as a best ball savant, right? My question to them, I was like, hey, what is your strategy in best ball? And they're like, I collect value. And I'm like, that's just fantastic. That helps so much. So, But I think a lot of people fall in that trap with Dynasty too. They're like, well, yeah, you just pick the best players. I think in Dynasty, picking the best players isn't like the best way to go. You need to be able to build your team and build a roster that's either if you end up with an average team after dynasty startup, you probably did it wrong. You either want to go try to win a little bit more or try to lose a little bit more. But if you're going in there as the sixth place team, odds are you probably are going to finish the sixth place team. So I think there's different ways to go about it. Yeah. And it's certainly, it, it, there are the varying approaches and we always talk about this, but if you have a larger portfolio, it allows you to be a little bit more flexible and less focused on specific players and more general ideas, but also, Hey, I'm going to go into the startup because of how my portfolio is laid out, how many teams that may be. I'm going to go in and unless something crazy happens, I, I want to do a productive struggle. I want to, I want to rebuild from the start just because I can, mm -hmm. or Hey, uh, you know, the way things have been going with, with my portfolio, I'm going to take a more win now approach, or I'm going to go with this build because maybe I don't have it. Or uh, Roy, one of our patrons in the chat in his early startup this off season, it was a, a lower money buy-in. And he said, Hey, I'm going to have fun and just really focus on players. I don't have, mm -hmm. and and that's okay. And they're, they're all different, different strategies that can pan out. But most importantly, I think it's just having fun with it. And I know it's very easy to get lost in you, you want to be profitable. You want to make sound decisions. You want to have this big, grand, elaborate strategy. But ultimately, get the guys that are going to make it enjoyable for you. 
And I, I think that that's important to uh, take away uh, going into any startup. Now, I'm not saying go in and be an absolute loser by any means, but well, sometimes that's okay. It's really it, okay to do that. It, it's okay. It's okay. But then it's not enjoyable. All right. But anyway, uh, you know, Dan, any thoughts here on the, the mumbo jumbo that we're throwing out right now before we get into real strategy talk? You know, when it was, it was about midweek, I think, and, and John drops this massive spreadsheet on us in, in an email, you know, comes up with this week's topic. And, and I have, I had to have a little pep talk with myself, John, and psych myself out, out not to be overwhelmed because it was probably in the middle of a work day when I was overwhelmed with the work day and you send this massive spreadsheet. So this is me being a team player. As you know, I'm still playing like last season as it's NFL playoffs, but living vicariously through you, JB, and reading these analytics is you put something together that I think PFF would or at least should be jealous of. Like this this was very nice spreadsheet, but <laughs> to offer true analysis after my pep talk and finally diving in, if I was doing a startup now, which I would have fun doing, don't get me wrong. Like I am in like, startup mode as far as you know looking at rookies and doing rankings and, and getting ready for drafts um i just like having more definitive answers before i draft my team and that's just my style you know what i mean I, I just like knowing where you know team you know coaching situations are settled and who's calling plays and and who's where but the trends I'm seeing based on the information you shared, just a, li a little touch on it right now, is there are bargains to be potentially had now based on views of certain players that I think are sliding already. Like there are guys that I have kind of formed an opinion on or projecting ahead to next year that I'm looking at your draft results and I'm like, ooh, this is nice. Like, like it almost gives me that itch to want to start up now because it's like, can I really get him that late? Um, and that's how I, how I kind of form my team. But there is still a lot of uncertainty across the NFL for my true drafting pleasure. So, John, this... really quick before we dive into strategy, I'm just going to say, like, if someone, you know, typed in the Google machine, they're like, startup, oh, hey, there's a dynasty podcast talking about startups. If you are looking to get into a dynasty startup, join the Patreon, join the Discord. I think I counted there has been eight that have started up in the last like seven weeks. And I mean, it's, we have, I think one just filled. There's another one filling right now. It's just, it's a constant stream of startups. And the nice thing about these leagues is they're ran by really good commissioners. And so you don't have to worry about the random sleeper leagues that, you know, they might fold after a year. They're kind of fun, but these are actually really well ran leagues. So I would say if you're looking for one, you're not sure where to go or where to look our Discord's a really good place to start. If not I, only I, that, I, I want to piggyback off of that. Sorry, Dan, before okay. I forget. Not only that, it's it's folks in the league overall. Yeah, there's going to be some uh, playful jabs, I would say, which is fair, but it, it never crosses that line nope. from what I've seen of disrespect. And it's because it is a community and a lot of the teams coming in, you know, so maybe it's like, oh, Dan, you're, what are you doing taking Dak there? But, it, you know, I, I think that's something that's very intimidating for a lot of people that are looking to get into Dynasty and take part in startups. Hey, what are my league mates going to think if I make this trade? And it's easy to get lost in. I don't really know the value. So I'm just going to sit there and hang tight because I don't want you know, people to get pissy with me or, or judge me in any way. And with the startups also, before I pass it over to Dan, there are startups that took place that were $10. 
and then there were some that were 100. Mm -hmm. So it's not like, oh, man, I'm, I'm not familiar with the format. I don't want to jump in at this price point. There's some, literally something for everybody. Yeah. All right, Dan, I just want to share that. No, that was good. And same thing, just before you went into deep dive, I just wanted to be able to kind of put a disclaimer out there. And I think we offer good value to our listeners in that we do have three different kind of philosophies and, and it changes from season to season too. You know, as much as we joke and I say, hey, I'm, I'm not like maybe like diving in right now, I'm still into it. Like, I mean, both of you guys push me every year earlier and earlier into studying for startups. So I'm not like Debbie Downer on this. I'm in. Like, I'm excited. Like, I, I, I honestly, as much as I joked about your spreadsheet, John, I was like, okay, this is helping my rankings and I'm getting a good jump on looking ahead to next year. But I think it's important to our listeners to know we're, we're all genuine in what we're doing right now, too. Like, I'd be fake if I just came on here and say, oh, I'm doing a startup today just to do it. You know, I do like getting that more information, but I'm equally excited when I see on the Discord and I see all the different startup opportunities that were posted and i saw this week john you've been asking people to share and so we're giving our listeners a lot of choices and options so hey if you're listening and you're starting now or you're starting later that don't really matter we're starting that good analysis to get us thinking so whenever you're ready we're here for you well to be honest with you first and foremost these spreadsheets aren't for you they're not for our listeners they're for me because <laughs> I, I i told you i i update you every week we are here January 17th. I haven't done a startup yet. So collecting this data and this information allows me to at least see the trends. And that that's going to be one of the big takeaways and conversations from tonight's episode. The trends that we're seeing early in the offseason, can we project? It's always difficult to project even three days out. But can we project three months out, mm -hmm. six months out? Because that's where the real value is had. So we know week to week we're going to be studying and preparing and helping everybody whenever their startup is. But out of curiosity, when are you both like, when do you think you're going to dive into startup? Have you thought about your offseason plan? So for me, it's I'm not doing a lot of startups this year. I decided I was just in too many leagues last year, so I'm not going to do a lot. But I'm sure I'll trickle into some. But a big thing is everyone in the Discord will post their startup. So I just watch their startups and I use those to gauge values. I'm like, Hey, this player's going a lot higher than what I had him. Let maybe now's a good time to try to trade him somewhere else. And that's probably that that not probably that is something that I will put together, and I'll base it off of the information I've started already. But going with similar formats, yeah, maybe one league's one point five PPR for tight ends, one's one point seven five, but at least twelve team super flex tight end premium. Hey, here's eight leagues. Uh, here's the time that they drafted the dates here is the range these players were taken so if you're going in dan and you're thinking oh man i wonder where drake london is going in 12 team super flex tight end premium leagues well here's a range so you probably don't have to go above that certainly it's gonna be difficult to go below that and really get value but you can kind of see the range you can see uh overall where they went each draft but I think that and that's kind of how we get to the ADP. But I think the range is really critical because that gives us a good idea of what we can expect draft to draft. I like that a lot. And, you know, I, I think myself, I was I was surprised. And I, I think we talked a little bit about this last year. You know, we reevaluated what leagues we're in. You know, obviously, we we, we want to support our leagues. If we, for some reason we leave, we want to make sure we leave it in good shape so we don't hurt a, a league in anything like that. 
but I think surprisingly, I think I'm going, I'm returning all 100% of my leagues um, th- this year, which is good. So, but maybe the negative side is that is that limits what I'm going to get into. Um, you know, I always try to find one really good one every year. So I'm sure I'll dive into one probably after the rookie draft for me, but we'll see. We'll see. But like getting started tonight. Yeah, a lot of good conversations going to take place tonight. This is like a long intro for it, us. It was, yeah. But, but still, like, you know, uh, after the, the small talk and, and pleasantries were exchanged to start the show, there's still conversations st- centered around startup topics in general. So trends, and this is kind of where I'm going to take it away. But trends, what we're seeing, and this really is no different from last year, and Of course, I have limited data right now, so it's still anecdotal. That's always my go-to word. We have a limited sample size. You know, sample size is everything for me. It was actually in my vows to my wife. No, just just kidding, of course. Maybe, maybe. But the quarterbacks, I I fill with so many dumb jokes. I, I always wonder, like, do you think anybody, they ever, like, chuckle at anything I say? Or they're like, this guy's an ass. I chuckle. So there you Thanks. go. More, more, more chuckles than the latter. I'll take a pity <laughs> chuckle. Anyway, so overall, we're seeing around nine quarterbacks going in the first round of 12 teams super flex. And it really isn't a surprise. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert, Justin Fields, Deshaun Watson, uh, Dak Prescott, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, so I think we just went up to 10. Those are guys that have consistently gone in the top 12 but a few of them slipping out depending on uh that that rookie 101 Mm -hmm. that's crept up into the top 12 and i I really that that's it's been like those 13 you know even in tight end premium leagues we are seeing a little bit of a shift and it's the kyle pitts effect people are hurt the wounds are still fresh. They're, they haven't healed quite yet. People don't want to invest the, early in the offseason, at least, in Kyle Pitts, Mark Andrews, because of what we see. I mean, there's question marks around Lamar Jackson, but overall, the tight ends have bumped down a little bit. We were seeing Kyle Pitts go top six, top eight in super flex startups that had a tight end premium. So that has changed a little bit. Uh, like I mentioned, the rookie 101, there's... You know, well, we're going to get into a little bit more later, but I think there are values to be had with some of the rookie picks and basing it off of my tiers where I have the tier breaks. Luckily, everybody joined the party. Everybody declared that we were looking for. And Dan says, JB, get patience. I said, Dan, they got to declare today. They The deadline is today. And you're preaching patience? It was coming, JB. It was coming. They had to, you know, get, you know, make sure the NAL offers and, and compare that to the money they can make and when they go pro. And then, you know, to take a little bit more of that limelight while they had the, you know, the tension all to themselves. It made sense. It made sense. I do wonder if we're going to see players coming right down to the deadline just seeing if any I don't I don't know how all that stuff works behind the scenes but you know if if Joe's automobile shop is making me an offer that I can't refuse I got to stick around here one more year but uh anyway so there are some values to be had with the picks the the overall takeaway I would say it's not just the quarterbacks but once you get through the top 15 quarterbacks right now 
there's a big dead zone. Mm-hmm. There is a big dead zone. So I think identifying where the opportunity is that that breaking point between am I forcing a quarterback here just because I need a quarterback and, and pushing other value down the board for my league mates. And I'm the, you know, the opportunity cost of hand, it doesn't make sense. And some of these picks I'm looking at, and again, I, I don't say with any disrespect, but just as an observation, some of the picks, they really are eyebrow raisers. The, and you can say that about some of my picks. I'm sure Dan go, go back. You said a dead zone after top 15 Define dead zone. Cause I'm just looking at my rankings now from, from the quarterbacks quarter, uh, massive gap in, the, I, I think the safety, the caliber of play, the production, uh, stability, where they are. So the, the top 15, they're going in those first three rounds typically. And then you're really not getting many more till about the seventh round. So you're seeing that big gap. So maybe you need a quarterback, but I wouldn't force it in like that fourth, fifth, sixth round just because you need one. Gotcha. I mean, I look at the, like just my quarterback rankings, and and again, I haven't dove completely to see how the the quarterback stretched out in your spreadsheet here, but like I, I'd make an argument, you could probably go twenty. I, I mean, just even going back to last year, I think it'll be I similar. Think it's an I argument think, you lose, but there's some good production there. Now, I, now a little asterisk. I don't know what's happening with Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. I, I don't know where you you put them in there because they're older than dirt. But you know, but if they come back, they're going to produce again for your football teams. I mean, look, look how Daniel Jones panned out this year and Jared Goff. I think they've bumped themselves up into a category where I'd like to have them this year. And I'm sure there's going to be, you know, Geno Smith bumped himself up. Kenny Pickett still, you know, has, has promise and upside. And I think there's going to be a couple of new guys that are going to be the Danny Jones and Jared Goffs next year. Sure, I don't know, target man. them in the seventh or later. Yeah. So, so the issue is this comes down to like your dynasty startup strategy. Are you going to fade them a little bit more so you could stock up with wide receivers. I'm still 100% firmly on the, I want two top 10 quarterbacks. Cause I could tell you even the leagues that didn't make the playoffs or the teams that failed this year that have those two quarterbacks. I feel great with them moving forward. The ones that I kind of faded a little bit. Maybe I went with a Derek Carr type who was the Jared Goff of last year. Right. Or another quarterback like that. I don't feel as good. So for me, I'm still wanting to trade up and get those two quarterbacks. And there's two right now. Dak before last night was the guy that I was targeting. Now it's probably Trevor Lawrence. But you could get them instead of having to trade up in the top eight of the first round in a startup. You could get them at the very start of the second round turn. And if you could trade up there, it's so much cheaper than having to trade up into that first round. You, you're telling me I could start with, say... Let's go Joe Burrow and Dak. I don't care what the rest of my team is. I know I'm set at that position. I could fill in elsewhere, especially if not having to pay that huge premium to try to get like a Mahomes and Hurts or Allen and Hurts or Allen Mahomes. You know, that's a huge premium you have to pay. But if you could just get two of those top 10 guys so you don't have to worry about it moving forward, it's so huge. And the thing is, those guys just don't fall out. Like, who was the last one that really fell out of the top 10 that were like, oh, wow maybe Kyler Murray, but there's always been questions with him. So outside of him, I think the top 10 is just so fairly set that you don't have to worry about losing so much value, even if you trade up and the guy has a bad season. I love what you said, but is that really attainable? You know, so I do it in all my leagues. Like I'm looking at my top nine. If you're looking at John's spreadsheet, like uh-huh. 
they're not going to make it. The second one's not going to make it to, to us, Mitch, in the second round. Like if you that's, and I are partnering right now, yeah. so that, you would have to trade up. You'd 100%, have to. Yeah. So that's, so that's okay. So you're, that's you're, you're, you're moving and shaking. Right. That's the difference between like mine and John's strategy. John's always willing to trade back. And I'm more looking to trade up into the first early second. <laughs> uh, I mean, John's like, no, no, I trade up. Like that one time you did it doesn't count, John. <laughs> that one time at band camp, I traded up. No, but so I, I think there's there's a few things here, a few takeaways. Do you, Mitch, and this is mm-hmm. this is to you because you brought up the point. Do you think it is a better strategy from a cost perspective? So you have the 101. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you go Patrick Mahomes. So now you're sitting there. It's 12 team league, no third round reversal. You're sitting with a 212, 301, and so yep. on and so forth. Would you prefer to do something involving that 212 plus for the 108, 109, 110, as opposed to the 212 plus, plus, plus? to get up into that top four or five. Yeah. And that, and so this is really depending, and this is why tiers matter so much and the players you like matter so much. Right. So let's say Dak after these playoffs, he starts going off higher, right? Let's say he's now the seventh pick in the draft or the eighth pick in the draft. He's a little bit harder to get. And Deshaun Watson is there at the one ten. I want to trade above that one ten because I don't want Watson. I don't, He's just not a quarterback that I look to build with in dynasty. You know, he's not the guy I want, but if I know Dax are at 109, then I'm willing to pay whatever it takes to get above that tier of quarterback. So I'm not dropping down. And so that's the big break point for me. If I'm in the startup draft, I have an early quarterback. I get the quarterback that I like. I'm watching to see is who drops. And if Lamar Jackson drops to that 108, I'm firing all my bullets trying to get that 108. If someone's there at the 109, then I'm doing the same thing. But that's why you have to be super active in the first and second round of startups. Like you could be a little bit less active when you get to the later rounds, but the first two rounds matter a ton. So you could get the good players that you like if you're willing to pay the price to get them. Well, especially because typically that first trade, it sets the market in your league, right? Mm-hmm. It does. If if you see a complete overpay for a pick, then... uh you know, again, that sets the market. Whereas I hate when you are trying to trade back and somebody trades back before you for peanuts. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, well, there it goes. I got to make this pick. But what I've talked about also, uh, you know, changing things up more recently is. I, I agree with you, Mitch, obviously having one of those anchor quarterbacks. We always talk about like anchor running back, but those anchor quarterbacks. And if you can get, and we talked about this with our, our quarterback episode last week. If you can get up into that group and, you know, top nine, top 10, however you have your tiers broken down. Once you hit that point, especially in a startup, I want to trade back and we're going to talk about how much value is sitting there in the fifth, sixth, seventh round. It is like, it's crazy looking at the names here and some of them more screaming buys for me personally uh, than others, but still just to see some of the names and, and we'll go through it. And again, limited sample size with the number of drafts we have here, but still good information for a general gauge on these early off season startups. All right, so trends kind of talked about that. 
early errors that we were seeing here. Uh, you know, I, I think getting away from the quarterbacks mm-hmm. and I have this marked on my tiers, but players that have an asterisk and this came up in the conversation, in the discord earlier today, they are players that I could see having a somewhat drastic value swing throughout the off season. And those are the types of players for the most part, depending on how I sw- see that swing going are the players that a, I either want to invest in at their current price or B I want to completely avoid. There's no in between. Those are going to be the players. And typically for the most part, they're younger assets and with, with the running back position guys that have that higher cost to acquire, but their situation could drastically change or the, the production could certainly fizzle out. So running backs, I think, are the, a little bit more common here. So the overall uh, error, I would say, and this goes with roster construction and the way folks uh, approach their startups, but investing in those higher-end running backs, I would say anywhere in the top 12 that could see a situation change, but another asterisk here because that situation changing their value and production could completely take a hit right now. A player that fits that first part, but I don't think it fits the second is somebody like Josh Jacobs. He's gotten down to like the, the 10 to 12 range and he's done nothing but produce. And it's not like the Raiders were some ideal, fantastic situation that very well could be production that we see no matter where he lands. Obviously there's so many question marks. So I certainly would be okay. If you like, I'm not taking him in the, uh, uh, like the late second, obviously, Mm -hmm. but we get into that late third, early fourth. I can get on board with my running backs there and certainly depending on the, the ones we're looking at. But I, I think it's investing in those higher value running backs at a certain point when you have to kind of say, okay, maybe it's not worth it here to go this route and pivot to another position. Well, I was waiting for Dan to chime in, but I got this. So one thing, one thing I do worry about with a running back like Jacobs, it ends up being the third to fourth round startup running backs especially when they're a little bit older coming off a contract year we've seen the Kenyon drake go and Mm -hmm. get paid and these are the backs that i end up see them failing on my team more than gaining value and that's my biggest worry and so looking in that third and fourth round i think it's time just to hammer a tight end that you like to be honest if you could get one that you like and then hit the running backs afterwards because right now a running back you could get in the fifth round. We talk about him a lot, but he's just there. And I just saw his name. DeAndre Swift is available in the fifth round of startups right now. Um, you could go down. There's other guys in that same tier you can look for. But I think there's just such a tier break between the top six good tight ends and all the rest of the crap that's in the, I mean, good players, you know, NFL football players in the league right now that, I just want one of those six. You tell me, like, I have my tight end locked up. My starting quarterback's locked up after the first four rounds. 
I'm sitting pretty happy, especially if I could start to get some of those 2023 picks, depending on when you're drafting and if they're in the startup draft or not. This kind of goes hand in hand. You know, obviously I mentioned Josh Jacobs and Mitch avoiding the running backs in the third round and perfect. You know, I, I'm, I'm okay with that. Ideally, I don't want to make a pick in the third or fourth round just because of the opportunity at hand with these players going even as far back as the eighth. Like, let's see here. Da, 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 da. Like a Josh Jacobs, for example. Okay. Would you prefer Josh Jacobs in the fifth or in the eighth? Let's say you get an eighth and ninth for that fifth. Would you prefer Josh Jacobs or Tony Pollard and Miles Sanders or Tony Pollard and uh, Jahan Dotson or Tony Pollard in the 201, whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. give me the extra shot there, especially when we're talking about a situation when that running back I get in the eighth very well could outproduce that guy that I'm taking in the fifth round. So ideally, I'm moving back and I don't, and not just you know, talk about the first and second round, but that third through fourth round. If I can move back and get the extra draft capital. The, I, overall, I see very little separation overall, and you're picking up the extra depth piece and extra ammunition to move throughout this offseason if an opportunity presents itself throughout the regular season whenever it rolls around. But, uh, you know, I think that's more of a, you know, we could say error, but more just overall strategy that we're looking at. Yeah, I so see you could definitely, I mean, it supports our, our theory of you've, I think you have to just get those quarterbacks early. Like, like it just because there's no slide and you're not getting those elite quarterbacks later. But you could get some really stud running backs and, and receivers even. Uh, you know, I, I like to build after I get that quarterback early. Boy, if I could get the Chase Lamb, Justin Jefferson, those elite receivers that compared to the elite running backs who, not that I don't love getting those elite running backs, I do, but just more susceptible to injury, more susceptible to a down year, not going to pay up for a Josh Jacobs exactly as you describe. And even if it's, you're not, you don't want to be as patient to wait to the eighth. I mean, I'm seeing JK Dobbins here in the sixth. Who I, I think, Hey, squeaky wheel theory or whatever, he's going to be healthy. I think that's a, a, a good value there in, in the, in the sixth round. Saquon Barkley. Uh, I, I just think that the Saquon disrespects a, li- a little disturbing to me for you know, I love McCaffrey and he's elite, but I don't think Sa- Saquon Barkley, now that he's healthy and a good coaching staff, is just like many rounds, should be many rounds later, or maybe he should, but okay, hey, you guys take CMC. I'm going to be very happy getting Saquon Barkley later or Travis Etienne, who you highlighted, JP. I mean, it's just so many options. Yeah, that's the thing, too. Again, and one of the many reasons that I like to move back, and I talk about this, and it's always one of my buzz phrases, I like to minimize that risk. I do. And by diversifying and splitting up those higher end assets, it does that because all of my eggs aren't in that Christian McCaffrey basket. McCaffrey going mid second and 12 team super flex right now. If I can move back to the late third, beginning of the fourth, get Barkley and throw a six my way, 108, Jamison Williams, sign me up. Mm-hmm. It, it 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 just makes sense. So I, I think right now there are so many market inefficiencies because people are still adjusting a little bit from the the point scoring season 
to now we're in the off season. So it's going to be very interesting to see how things adjust over time. And that's why I said to start the show, if we can get right now, whatever your tiers are, whatever your rankings are, your values, if we can look ahead and say, this is where based on what we're expecting throughout the off season, where this player is going to be in September, that that's where the advantage is because you're looking at these players, uh, you know, like I said, Josh Jacobs in the, in the late fifth year in startups. I, I, I think that's a discount overall. Uh, Devonte sick, Devonte Smith in the sixth. What are, what are we doing? I have no idea. Yeah. When what? I saw, I saw that one. I was like, woohoo, baby. What? So Peace I expect that to change with a larger sample size. Mm-hmm. So again, I, I want to preface this and we talked about it to kick off the show that, Yes, this is data that's available from real startups, but keep in mind it's a limited sample size. As the offseason progresses, I'll be updating the information that is going to be a little bit more reliable and have a better sample size. And I just realized, I just saw the comment, Mitch's hair is looking fire tonight. It's pretty good. Are you at the point now that you're paying our listeners to come in and give you compliments? No, I mean, just sometimes your hair looks that good, and that's just, you know, what happens. One thing I want to mention this is kind of a random thought about startups, but before I forget, um, it gets brought up in the discord constantly. What are we paying for a future draft pick? Let's say it, the 24 draft picks are the ones that you could trade for, right? For me, it's always, I will sell mine for a six and then I will buy one for a mid seventh or later. So that's just how I go because the reason why I bring it up, I'm looking at the spreadsheet right now. The rookie 106 is averaging about the fifth round as far as the 2023 draft picks, if you include the rookie picks in them. So that's, you know, a fifth round value. And I think it's very easy to pick them up for seventh rounds, a future draft pick for seventh rounders in most drafts. But if you could sell yours for a sixth, oh, that's great, right? But but like when I'm buying them, I want to buy one for a seventh. Yeah, and I think, and you're right, the question does come up often. A few things to look at. Depending on where you are in the draft, sometimes, just sometimes, you can look at a league mate and the, what they've done up to that point, mm-hmm. the moves they've made, their roster up to that point. We all want to say these picks are random. And for the most part, in a startup, <laughs> that's fair, right? But sometimes you can make an educated guess. And I've had situations like that. We've always had situations like that where we're sitting there a year later and we have the 102 now on our roster because of a you know a trade we made. So I think using your best judgment, evaluating the team that maybe is offering their 24 first. Again, if it's like right off the bat, somebody offering you their pick for a startup pick, you don't know, obviously. And they're being uber aggressive. So it's tough to tell. But I'm right there with you. Overall, you know, and it happens every year, but this 24 class, it's being hyped up already. And what always makes the random picks so valuable is it could be that 101, 102, 103, 104. So where the 23 class compared to the 22 class with, we have several guys that could have challenged for that 101 or 102 in that 22 class. 
this 24 class, I think to this point, it's, I'm not saying it's going to necessarily do the same thing. It's going to be exponential growth year over year, but I think it's going to have that top five or six guys that, especially in super flex. Oh yeah. People are going to be drooling over. So because of that, you look at the value of these 24 first today, they're random for the most part, obviously in startups and established leagues, very different. You can look at a team and say, I, I need their 24 first today and I'll overpay for it because I've been in a league with this person for five years. Now I have an idea of where it's going to be, but we're looking at the seventh round rookie 112, rookie 111. I I'll take a random 24 first over those two picks, not together, just separate Rashad white, Damian Pierce. Give me that random 24 first because it's going to be a much more liquid asset and you don't know what's going to happen with either of those running backs. So we talked about this. Was it on the pivot point, Mitch, which is exclusively on the dynasty theory, Patreon five bucks a month. But we talked about the running backs that we're looking at early in the off season. And it's the veterans that we have. We feel like Derrick Henry, his cost is deflated overall because he's a veteran. It's early off season. He's going to be 29 years old. People don't want him. Well, I have a decent idea in terms of running backs, his usage next year, which is really tough to predict and project, but a Derrick Henry, uh, a Dalvin Cook, so players like that. And it's staying away from those younger running backs with huge question marks. So, uh, Dan, you, uh, you know, no boots on the ground like Mitch. Obviously, you and I go in more with just the the look from afar approach, and that's fine. You know, obviously, we have the data here, and we can look at our tiers and our rankings and evaluate from there. But are you seeing, based on this limited information we have, any early errors that maybe you just, you know, hey, somebody's taking part in the first startup. Maybe avoid this. Avoid is in taken too early. I mean... And I know you. No, you, no, no, no. Not specific players yet. Just a general view. We talked about like get those quarterbacks view. early. Uh, maybe wait a little bit after that. Uh, we talked about the running backs a little bit. You talked about the stud receivers. You know, maybe the tight end position. How do you view that overall? Uh, actually, I, I would look at the receiver position as I see like some of these elite receivers sliding a little more than I. Uh, would think, you know, compared to a year ago when everyone wanted those elite receivers, they seem to be drifting a little bit. So I hate to lose that. You know, I just think receiver is a great position to build around, you know, especially after you get your elite quarterback position in place. Um, you know, maybe you're not as aggressive as Mitch with two, but you get one and then you just make sure you're not neglecting number two, but you want to get that, that elite receiver there. So that, that worries me about drifting a little bit. And then you mentioned the tight end, like, I mean, I don't know. I'm still going to ride Kelsey a little bit. I think he's like the, the Derrick Henry of the tight end position. I see he's you know, dipping a little more later second compared to he was late first, early second a year ago. So we must have aged him in a year. Um, Kyle Pitts, I, I really struggle. I know you said not players, John, but uh, I'm struggling a little Sorry. with the t- tight end take there of, of, of Pitts being a, ahead of Kelsey. And I know you don't like where Kittle's going. So I'm, I'm very curious of the tight end value there. But, you know, what? Anyone that went earlier after that in the tight end position, you know, the Goddards I see up there a little bit, Friermuth. Again, I, I like our strategy of, hey, if you don't get the elite one, slide and take them later. So as I look at your early data here and some of those tight ends are getting bumped a little bit, I'm wondering if that's too aggressive. 
It's those middle, and not even middle, like once you get outside of Kelsey and Andrews for production, Pitts for the the insulated value and the hype. After that, I don't like where Kittle's going. Uh, You know, none of the other tight ends, I, I don't have any of them in green, as in players that, wow, that's a value. In Joku, I think he's a little too high, even in 2 PPR. Dalton Schultz, Cole Komet, Greg Dulcich, Darren Waller. So it is a theme here. We obviously name specific players, but you get into that tight end 8 to 12 range. That's certainly a tier that I seem to be lower on than consensus. And this is another situation. You have those one-off positions, those those, uh, positions that have a little bit more uh, scarcity. And once you get outside of those top guys, people force these picks a little bit, right? Hey, running backs, wide receivers, they're going, uh, you know, they're, they're still sitting out there. Tight ends, they're flying off the board. I got to get my Cole Komet. I got to get my Greg Dulcich. I, yeah. Is that any different than rolling with uh, a duo of Bellinger and Conklin or, you know, like mm-hmm. what's the real difference there? I think you have to ask yourself, hey, if this draft ends, am I going to regret missing or passing up that wide receiver that I would have for another five to 10 years versus that tight end that I might be miserable after week four? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So be very careful. Buyer beware what you get stuck with because you can't go back. It makes it very hard. Yeah. So, okay. Now, if we want, I know Mitch. We did. I think most of this was evergreen for the most part. It was part, right? very good. Very. I think it's a great time to go into individual players. Now <laughs> let's end the episode. Some players that maybe I have. I have fifty players at least. Maybe a hundred players <laughs> in red or green. <laughs> uh, Mitch, you have one. Dan, I'm sure you'll name a few players that are too high or too low for you and why. Um, but let me ask you guys a question, just because I thought of this while Dan was talking about some of the wide receivers in an existing league, unfortunately, no other context because I don't want to make something up. Mitch 12 team, super flex two PPR for tight ends. Would you move Stefan Diggs for DJ Moore and Daniel Jones? No, probably not. You would goodbye, Diggs. Goodbye. See you, I, Diggs. I, I would move Diggs like that. No, I. Maybe Mitch already has two elite quarterbacks. I know. Yeah, like I, 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 I don't, don't need Daniel Jones on my team. <laughs> I'm already set with Herbert and Burrow, so I'm okay. All right, Diggs. Okay, how about Diggs? You're cheating. Like was, this is I, so I, listen, much cheating, cheating to go off the ADP. Listen, Diggs or Cup and Derrick Henry. Cup and Derrick Henry. <laughs> Smash it! See, this is why you trade down, is what John's saying. But that would have been, uh, based on the information we have, a mid-third for a mid-fifth and a mid-seventh. Mm-hmm. Could it get done? I think in certain situations, maybe that's a little overzealous, but I, I the point still stands. Once you get outside of, especially that first round, maybe early to mid second, I'm doing everything in my power to move back. Uh, so since I have so many, can I just rattle off 
some players. You do you, John. Before, you, you know I'm oh, going to. Oh. Before you rattle, I, I just want to say, so you're selling me here, John. And, and, and Mitch is seeing it there. Like, I like that. That's why you trade down. And I know Kevin had the one comment, you know, wide receivers are d- deep. I feel like taking any non-JJ or Chase wide receiver in the first two rounds is a mistake. So to your point, JB, is let's just say JJ, Chase, CD Lamb, they are three receivers that I am not passing up. I am not trading down, John. I'm not letting those guys slip. But once those three guys draft are gone, then I'm going with your theory. Is that where you're at, JB? Would you trade down? Like you wouldn't lose, like because Diggs, okay, like Diggs is aging a little bit. I would love to have Diggs, but I would trade down for any of those scenarios that you name. But if I could get one of those elite guys, I think it's a different story. Now, if we're talking about early to mid second, where CD Lamb's going in that mid second range right now, I am getting. I'm going to need a solid return. I'm not just moving it to move the pick, but I he's one that kind of lines up with value for me. Uh, AJ Brown, I think he he's pretty in line. You'll see. I, I don't. I don't have any receiver until we get to Chris Olave in the fourth in startup data in red or green. So I see the way these drafts have gone being consistent with the way I would approach and value these wide receivers. I like that. Um, so, so you keep your strategy, but the price would be higher. Because uh, yeah, you know you're losing the lambs. And, and yeah, I say yeah. that for our listeners just to have, you know, know where that slot is, that range. Yeah, don't be a sheep. Don't give lamb away. Do you like that? Mitch isn't even listening. <laughs> Mitch is the, I'm, Mitch, I'm listen, looking at all the players you have, and I'm like, I think I agree with most of them. No, no, no. You know what Mitch is thinking about, Dan? I, I looked in his eyes, and I saw the beach and a margarita. I well, saw that. Yeah, <laughs> that's been for a week now. Are you Are you like the... Oh, I'm a tough guy, beer guy. Or do you go into the fruity drinks when you're oh, on vacation? Fruity like drinks. Because hey, honestly, you have to. for anyone who ever goes to Cancun, the beer there is a little bit warm. Like you just can't get it cold. It doesn't stay cold. So I would love to only drink beer because I'd prefer it. But I mean, it's just, it's gross. <laughs> What's your choice? I, this is going to surprise some people because I do come across as the big tough guy of the group. Yeah. But I love a strawberry daiquiri. And if you want to throw whipped cream and an umbrella on top, just, I'm not going to argue. Give me a margarita, man. Just margarita. I'm good. Okay. Okay. Margaritas are fine. You know, They're compelling fine. stuff out here on Dynasty Theory tonight. I'll, I'll be the beer guy on the side while you guys drink the pretty drinks. All right. <laughs> That's fine. That's, the only issue yeah, don't is bring his sh- own beer to the all inclusive. <laughs> oh, yeah. The only I'll issue bring my is koozie at, there. Keep it cold. At my older age, all that sugar, it does get to the old. Old stomach, you know, eventually. So we won't go into too many details there. Only on Dynasty Theory, where John talks about bowel movements. All right. So. (laughs) TMI. Where were we? I get yelled at no matter what. Okay. So these are guys based on where they're going or picks that I think are slightly overvalued in startups. Kyler Murray, rookie 102, rookie 103. Trey Lance. Forget about Kirk Cousins here because in the one draft, he went super early, and I don't think that's indicative of market. Najee Harris, 
George Kittle. Not Najee Harris. You should be ashamed. Your sister works for the Steelers. This is not good for the Bauer business here. She's going to be calling it. She's going to listen to this episode because you mentioned the shout out in the beginning. And then you, you dog her organization that she's employed by. So I, I just want you to be a little more mindful of your sister. That's all. I apologize. But still, Harris makes my list. George Kittle, Derek Carr, Kenny, Kenny Pickett, Ramondre Stevenson, <laughs> Damian Pierce, Rashad White, David Njoku, Dalton Schultz. Cole Komet, Greg Dulcich, Darren Waller, Desmond Ritter, my boy, the 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 sexy man, Jimmy Garoppolo, <laughs> uh, Elijah Moore, Antonio Gibson, Calvin Ridley, Donovan Peoples-Jones. That is it through 11. Oh, no, Malik Willis, Alizar, Chase Claypool, Kate Otten. Oh, my you know, Lord. You know, Rashad White started listening to our show again after you did the solo pod with him, and now he's going to stop listening again because you put him on the red flag list. But what did Ramondre Stevenson ever do to you? I, I'm going to disagree with that one there. In the sixth round, I would love to get Ramondre Stevenson. I think he got out, you know, he got worked a little too hard this year, and that workload was a little adjustment for him, and Harris was out, but he has stud written all over him to, to me. He is no different than looking at like a Damian Pierce or Rashad White. The question marks surround. Listen, the question Damian marks Pierce, surrounding. Comparing him to Damian Pierce, the question marks surrounding the situation in twenty three. Not even beyond. We're not even going out and looking years ahead. We're well, looking at around Ramondre. There's no questions around Ramondre. The guy's a stud. He catches. He runs. He scores. He just got to stay healthy. And New England should be a little bit better next year once they get this offensive coordinator situation squared away, John. I'm a, I'm a little sensitive to Ramondre. With how many running backs are out there, and I don't know that the Patriots go the veteran running back route via free agency, but with how deep this rookie class is, you don't think they look to to add to that group? You think they're going to run with Ramondre, Kevin Harris, and... Who's Kevin Harris? JB, this is the sixth round. We're following Mitch's strategy. We've locked up our quarterbacks. We've locked up a tight end. We got an elite receiver in there. You know, I don't want to slide too much on running backs here. I need I need an anchor. I need a bell cow. Six rounds. Ramondre is not your anchor. The, the if only... he's your anchor, your ship is getting lost at sea. He could be. Hey, last year when I drafted, when I when I slid and took Jacobs, Miles, Ceh, it worked out good. Two out of three, especially with Jacobs. Ramondre could be in that class. Six rounds still good value. You know, the only thing that I want to happen now, just thinking through this i want jamal williams to sign with the patriots just so he could talk about <laughs> anime right next to uh, oh, belichick you know doing his like yep it's football yep. we play it <laughs> come on you're a lions fan you can't lose him he's coming <laughs> he's back so he's funny. he's happy ramondre is going back to back with the rookie 108 give me the 108 uh at cost give me dalvin cook over ramondre mm -hmm. give me terry mclaurin give me deontay johnson Hey, oh, stop saying these players are part of my take. Come on, John. So, All right. Oh, overall, Mitch. good list, JB. Yep. It's a great list. Uh, let me, I just really, really quick. That's my, <laughs> yeah, that's really my other catchphrase. Let me shed some light on my thoughts on the 102 and 103 being slightly overvalued. They're going in the second round. Mm -hmm. The 104 is going at the end of the third, beginning of the fourth. There should not be that much separation because you're either getting one of the top two quarterbacks or you're getting my running back to Jameer Gibbs. And I don't think there should be that much separation between the 102, 103, and 104. And you're kind of if, – if you take the 102 and in that situation you – because you have the, the flexibility with the pick, right, and you could go any direction, if you go Gibbs – 
you're taking Gibbs as the running back four in Dynasty. That's that's a smidge too early for me. If you go quarterback, you are taking with your second round pick a massive unknown at the quarterback position when we see how these guys look. Mitch, you mentioned it. That top 10, it's a tough mm-hmm. top 10 to crack. And can Bryce Young and CJ Stroud after year one stay there? Could could they get there? Sure. They it is a possibility. But they, I mean. There, there's a good chance and too much risk associated with either that I want to I want to be stuck going QB there, especially if I went quarterback in the first and then faded it because I know I have that 102 come time the rookie draft. So I just think it's unnecessary risk to go 102 there, especially big brain move. If I'm thinking about taking the rookie 102 in the middle of the second, move back around, see what you can get. And then maybe you get the 104 in the middle of the third and you picked up value when they're in the same tier. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. All right. So mine's going to be pretty quick, little slightly quicker than John's quick note there. But um, so I'm just saying, so Traylon Burks and George Pickens are going really close to like the fifth to the sixth round. Um, I think wide receivers like that are just massively overvalued. Because they didn't show a lot on the field, but they had enough highlights. So, like, their fans love them, right? So, whoever likes them ends up being like, you know, the, this next year is going to be the year. This is the Rashad Bateman that I did last year. Um, but the reason why I mentioned them is look at the wide receivers that are going after him. You have DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin, Deontay Johnson, who is a better wide receiver than George Pickens, is going after George Pickens, and he's the better wide receiver on their team. It's Debo Samuel is going after Traylon Burks. I was just going to mention that. I mean, it's this is what happens. We get these young guys, and we're like, hey, they're going to be really good. They're young. They just didn't like see their full potential. We have guys that are at their full potential already going right after them. So it's just it's one thing to go for Chris Olave. Chris Olave is amazing. He showed he's amazing. Uh, Burks and Pickens kind of showed their uh, they, they might be but we have no idea if they actually are. So for me, those are the kind of wide receivers that like I'm heavily against drafting in the, like the fifth, the sixth. We get in the seventh, the eighth, sure, I might take a shot, but those fifth and sixth rounds are still money. I, I can see that. And also we're looking at those wide receivers that we talk about it. They have the insulated value. And as long as they're somewhat productive uh, with what a, a number of games they play, Traylon Burks obviously went through some injuries there, but if they're somewhat productive, they're going to maintain their value. But at the end of the day, are they any type of a difference maker? Are they really helping you win? Probably not. All right. So Dan, three guys I don't like, and I think I have five guys I like. So a little rapid fire. Don't like Watson in the first round. Deshaun Watson. It's just a little rich. Um, Kyle Pitts, surprisingly, in the second round, I just feel a little rich right now. I'll give the why of my third one here in the, the final thoughts. Austin Eckler in the second round, I think I'm ready to, to, to slide him, and, and I'll explain that then. Guys I, I do like or I say I'm at least intrigued by right now is um, Saquon Barkley in the fourth round. I just really love watching him run right now and knowing what he can do and the, his ceiling. Um, 
in the ninth round, Brandon Ayuk. I just kind of get this vibe that he's Mr. Dis- disrespected, and there's always going to be these young guys that are going a couple rounds before him. You know, the only concern there is a little bit of passing volume, but I just love the talent. Um, tight ends, just seeing some of the guys I like or certain guys either maybe go too early. Um, not even going to try to pronounce his name, but Chig there. of, of the Chiggy. Tight, Chiggy. Chiggy in the, in the 14th round is a little intriguing. John Meshie in the 15th round at wide receiver. He's a guy I've just been kind of trying to snag here and there. And boy, if I can get him that late, I just really like his upside. But I may be compelled a little bit more by his story. So we'll, we'll see how that evolves in the offseason. And then, um, you know, I've always liked him. 16th round value, Damian Harris. I'm really interested to see where he goes this offseason. I think I would just roll the dice that late and hope he lands a, a good gig or more of an opportunity. So they're guys I like. Guys, I like at the current cost very quickly. Travis Etienne, Chris Olave. He's got more. Uh, we talked about Jacobs, Devontae Smith, rookie 108, Christian Watson, which is shocking to me. I didn't name him because you highlighted him. I, I love that. I like that one. Hollywood Brown. You know it, Mitch. Christian Kirk, Jared Goff, Tony Pollard, Jerry Judy, Jahan Dotson, Miles Sanders, rookie 201, rookie 202, rookie 204. John, what about the 203? That's fine where it is. Mike Williams. Brian Robinson also makes me sick. Keenan Allen, uh, he's going to the 12th right now. Guess what? Barring something crazy, we know exactly what Keenan Allen is going to be come September. All right. Broken. Oh, please. His value, (laughs) it should not be in the 12th round. And also, you think about it in terms of picks, he's going right around the 206, 207, probably fair. But let's say players go out during the combine and they, they, do not perform. Let's say the NFL draft rolls around and draft capital slips, landing spots are horrific. We get negative reports throughout training camp. Oh, it could happen. Even to this precious 23 class, it could happen. Then we see how Keenan Allen changes. Uh, in the 13th round, give me Tom Brady. Yep, give me him over Malik Willis. They're both going there. So so just a, a, a several guys. But then one other thing I want to note is the way uh, early off-season startups like November, early December versus late December and current, players who are going higher now in the startups we've seen. And it makes sense. Think about these players. Cam Akers, he's started to really come on towards the end of the season. Jahan Dotson, uh, players that haven't performed sorry i'm, I'm scratching my leg over here uh but I, I was pausing like you know um, Keep going. <laughs> players that haven't performed but we're looking ahead to next year because it is a startup russell wilson is one of the biggest risers in these startups okay uh aj dylan cooper cup noah fant james <laughs> cook what John's listening to the whole list, the whole spreadsheet. No, no, no. Like no. Every the, no, player the that's guy. in it, I'm going to mention all of them. I have just mentioned every single player in the NFL, Canadian Football League, and the uh, soon-to-be renewed XFL. No, I'm in naming the, the players. sample size, mind you. I'm naming the players. Shut up. I hate both of you. I'm naming the players. <laughs> yes, you are. Who are have risen, and it makes sense as to those types of players, Okay. You know what? I don't, I don't need I don't need this right now. Okay. Final thoughts. All right, for the 189th <laughs> time, 
Dan, what do you got for our listeners? Final thoughts. I will be quick after your 100 names you listed, JB. Hey, coaches' changes are beginning. We're seeing some, some guys get canned. My first quick observation is the the Los Angeles Chargers. Somehow, Brandon Staley looks like he survived, and they're an organization that's picking to choose the blame on saying, hey, coach, we're going to give you another year, and you're going to throw one of your coordinators under the bus. So Joe Lombardi's out of here, which I get. He's been two years of uh, Justin Herbert underachieving. But I'm just a little – it's growing old on me, Coach Staley, and his excuses and, and reasons why. But I think they are one way, one player that might salvage his job, and that is Bijan Robinson at pick 21. Let's start a little early draft speculation here, all right? That would you, make me sick. Take it you, back. You you look at, like, Dallas, how they balance. You know, Zeke's oh, lost the step, but he gets those dirty it. yards and powers the guy. Eckler's the guy, and I love him, but, man, he couldn't run a lick in that game because he can't pound the rock. You throw Robinson in there and that nice one-two punch, maybe it, it buys a, a Staley a time despite his bad decision-making. We'll see. So I'm really intrigued as the coaching situations are going, but I think they trade up for Bajan or they bust again is my bold prediction in 2023. Sorry, Justin Herbert owners, but this could be another long year for the Chargers. Well, aren't you just a glass glass? Glass half full kind <laughs> of guy. You're a glass half full kind of guy. Mitch, yep. before your big sign off, oh, no. and uh, yeah. we bid you adieu to Cancun. I almost said Can Cancun. <laughs> what do you got Flashbacks. for our listeners? So, two quick things. Um, if you do plan on trading your future picks, offer it to every single person in the league. If you want to trade your 24 first, offer it for every single sixth round pick. I really love doing that. It works out pretty well. And then um, my other thing that completely random, but during the Manning cast last night, I thought it was very funny that Manning was like, um, Peyton was saying that halftime adjustments aren't a real thing. He's like, it's the biggest myth in football. There's no halftime adjustments. You go in there, use the restroom, sometimes change into a different jersey and then you'll eat like an orange and then you're back out there on the field. So like halftime adjustments aren't a real thing. And I thought I was like, wow, how about that? Who knew? A little overrated maybe, but there are halftime adjustments. Well, he but... called them a myth. That's nah, all that I know. I don't know about that. Uh, speaking of you to talk about orange at, at halftime, uh, for my high school soccer team, I was the goalie. So I didn't really have to run. No, no, no. I didn't have to run. No joke. On multiple occasions during halftime, I raced up to the concession stand to get nachos or pretzel with cheese. And I would eat it at halftime. And I'll tell you right now, I came back stronger than ever in the second Good half. Good for you. Good for Strong. you. No, again, kids, I was the kids, goalie. Do so. not try that at home. <laughs> <laughs> no nachos. No pretzels with cheese at halftime. Stick to the oranges. All right. Hopefully everybody enjoyed the show. A lot of startup conversations are going to be taking place in our Discord and the Patreon throughout the entire offseason. A lot of great content, a lot of great uh, discussions. We have the startup tiers. We have all the rookie data. I now have 28 rookie running backs in my running back uh, analytical profile spreadsheet. Mitch, you're still diving into film. I know you're going to be doing that a lot when you're in Cancun. It's going to be a blast. All right, for Mitch Sorensen, Dan LaMagna, I'm John Bauer. We will see you guys next week, except for Mitch. He will be enjoying that margarita.